0: Listening to GP Life Hacks with Dr. David Land. Okay, welcome everybody. We're talking about exams. So first things first is make sure you read the question carefully because you'll have that one or two where oh I actually didn't read the actual question. I didn't address the thing that they're looking for. So just make sure you read the question. Thereafter, I think it'd be rare that you're reading the description on the reading sheet and you have no idea what's going on but if you do the key is to not lose your head Mm -hmm. and basically go well even if I don't know and it's kind of like in real life general practice even if I don't know what's going on right now i even if I don't know what the diagnosis is as long as I know what are the conditions and there's only like five per presenting complaint like per every presenting complaint Like chest pain, there's literally only like five things you have to think about that will kill them. And as long as you can exclude that, it kind of doesn't matter so much that you don't know what the diagnosis is. Does that make sense? If you can sound that out to the patient in front of the examiner, I don't know what it is, but at the same time, I'm quite confident you're not having a stroke because dot, 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 or you're not having a heart attack because dot, dot, dot. That will still get you enough points on the board because at the end of the day, same principle works for the Oskis as with the written. is you don't need to get a perfect score to pass. You just need to make sure, they're just trying to figure out are you safe to work, you know, as a unsupervised locum or whatever, and you're not going to kill a whole bunch of people accidentally. Mm. So as long as you demonstrate you're safe, it almost doesn't matter so much that you don't necessarily know 100% what the diagnosis is. And that's reflective of real life. So other than that, a couple other quick tips is there will be a lot of, I will say a lot of the stations are quite similar to what you get in medical school. (coughs) So that's kind of reassuring. yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But in terms of skill level, it's not super hard niche market diagnosis. It's literally just bread and butter GP stuff. Like literally the stuff you see every day, yeah. it's in the exam. So having said that though, the one of the key differences between this and say your medical student exam is you'll have a lot more stations where they ask you for, you know, brief history, ask for examination findings and then talk about management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. As opposed to where it was medical school, like your first year exams, so they just say, oh, great. They took a history, pat they the head, you pass. Mm-hmm. So, my big tip is the rookie error would be if you get a station where they say, you know, take a history, ask for exam findings and management. Obviously, all the points, you know, the big money points and scorings is on the management. Because in order to work out your safe, it almost they don't care so much they kind of assume that you can take a decent history by this stage of the game so the rookie era is to you've got an eight minute station to spend six minutes on the history and then leave two minutes for management all right just ask what you got to ask ask the key money questions and then move on and then as you start to talk about management often that will trigger things that you might have forgot earlier on you can always come back to your history does that make sense on a related note, just something so some, that really helped me out, but nobody actually sort of says out loud with a pediatric station, because, you know, it's kind of a simulated situation. If you've got a new kid that you're looking at, particularly if it's a developmental thing, you're not necessarily just going to spend eight minutes with them, are you? That's Simulated. You usually got to spend a good fifteen to thirty minutes, but you don't have time for that because it's an OSCE. Mm-hmm. So with any kids patient, if you're going to ask anything in the history, literally it all boils down to those four questions. Okay, basically, do they have any medical conditions slash are they on any medications? Uh, how is the how is the pregnancy? Any problems in the pregnancy? Any problems with the birth? You know, did they walk and talk when you expected them to? And are they vaccinated? If you ask those four, you really can't really go wrong. Mm-hmm. And I find that principle also works really well in real life because, like, particularly in treatment room, like, time's money. But you don't want to miss anything either. Similarly speaking, there will always have to be an Aboriginal health station. Yeah. Get into the habit of asking these things. And it sounds contrived, but let's be honest, this is like theatre sports. The Oski's like theatre sports. It's a contrived setting anyway. And literally, if you ask those questions, you can't go wrong. So literally in the first sentence... And I'll leave you to, so it doesn't sound so contrived, I'll leave you to have a think between now and then what your favorite sentence will be. But mine is basically, oh hi, before we start, I see that the file says that you identify as Aboriginal, is that correct? Who's your mob? And that's easy points on the board. What do you mean who's your mob? Who's your tribal group? Language group, tribal group, that's right, country, that's right. Where's your country? Yep. So I'll leave you to think about what that question is, but make sure you get that out right from the get-go because it just changes the whole course of the console, mm-hmm. particularly in the simulated setting because they're all briefed on like, you know, they have to say this. So look at this stuff. Mm. Um, when you walk in, you can mm. assume that you know it all or are you supposed to listen to it on this Yes, still? so good question. People ask that specifically uh, to the faculty and they've said, yes, you can assume. Do not waste so time at all. Say, why are you here today? No, no, they say completely do not do that. Right. Unequivocally, they we were quite clear on that. They said if it's on there, just assume and play act that yes, you are, you know, who it says you are and you know what it says you know. Okay. And same goes with the history. So if it says not smoker on the history, don't ask, oh, just to confirm on the records you're not a smoker. Yeah. The exception being just as a conversation, icebreaker, oh, it says here that you're a smoker. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to ask you how you felt because you're probably going to go like, oh man, I feel like that was all over the place life" because that's yeah. what everybody else always says. Um, do you think you're past the station uh, is more my question because that's what we're trying to do here, at least past the uh, station. Well, I should have brought up smoking myself. That's an important one. Yeah, that's okay. Months, but probably... Yeah, yeah I think so because then you ask yourself the question, would this guy have thought I'm not safe to go practice just because I forgot that uh, smoking. They're probably not. You're right, it is easy marks on the board. So we'll go through a process so that you can't forget those things. But at the end of the day, what would have killed this patient? What could yeah. the doctor done in this? Missing prognosis? Yeah, exactly. Which you didn't. And, or not treating them, which you didn't. Yeah. You had a good combination of medication and non-medication therapies to help with the condition. So you a, would have passed. So, a, so general advice for OSCEs is back yourself your instincts are pretty good if you finish written and your chance of heart passing is 85% or more so back yourself if you're not sure just back yourself chances are you're right anyway and if you're wrong oh well you lose a couple months but if overall gives you the persona that you're in control and therefore they're more likely to because that's the dirty little secret about examining oskies it's really boring and you're hungry and you fall asleep all the time and you tune in and out even though you're physically looking at the candidate so as long as you give the persona that you're confident know yeah. what you're talking about so back yourself if you think the guidelines are the same, just assume they're the same, go with it, and this is correct. I think so, um, that came up as well, That comes up in KFBs a lot with lifestyle advice. And yes. They, they always want you to say, this yes. To exercise and specify yes. Exercise exactly. how Yes, exactly. So then, exactly. Don't worry about overcoding. Just write it. That's, 30 minutes each day, moderate. Yeah. If you just say exercise, you get no marks. You have yeah. To specify. Yep. 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 Good point. So let's take it a step back. Uh, let's take it from the top. So this is a guy who comes in with recurrent infections uh and his hba1c was what did we say it was (laughs) 10.5 fasting glucose of 16.3 does that constitute a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes off the bat or do we need to verify that diagnosis how many times do you need to do a blood test to confirm a diagnosis of diabetes uh, well, two if they have no symptoms, but yes. just one if they're symptomatic. Absolutely. And what constitutes the symptoms that you'd say, yep, that's fine, one what's oh, up. It's yeah, recurrent infection. Exactly right. Okay, perfect. Okay, good. So we're all on the same page. That's good. It's amazing how many people don't actually get that, that it's actually only one. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is, fasting glucose, HBA1C, it's only one result required if they're symptomatic, but two if they're not required. So this guy's pretty unambiguously diabetic. In terms of uh, treatments, This is in terms of general tips, and I've sort of expanded upon that in here, but basically it's pretty straightforward. At the end of the day, OSCE stations are really hard to write because you've got to find something that adequately tests knowledge but can also be standardized across the circuit and doesn't rely on you finding a whole bunch of sick patients to bring in. That's really hard. So there's only so many things that they can test you on. On top of that, each station is pretty much either it's going to be an acute Pathology, in which case the emphasis is more on diagnosis, or it's going to be a chronic pathology, in which case the emphasis is more on management. Okay, so basically, with every oski station, just go up to it and think: is this acute or chronic? This one is clearly a chronic station. All chronic stations actually have the exact same management algorithm. Mm-hmm. It's actually the big dirty secret. Literally speaking, in terms of examining you on chronic conditions for general practice and for medical school, there's literally only like six or so of them, isn't it? It's only they can only test you on like heart failure, diabetes, IHD, COPD, to asthma. And that's pretty well it. Mm. So as long as you can rehearse your what you're gonna manage that with, both for the writtens and for the OSCIS, you're pretty well set. You can't go wrong. So, that general pro forma, basically, with every chronic condition management, you think in your head, there's medication-based management and there's non-medication management, okay? Mm -hmm. So, even if you feel like I have no idea, you'll have some vague idea that, you know, medications for COPD consists of puffers, for diabetes, it consists of hypoglycemics, doesn't it? So, what did he do here? He did exactly that. So went okay you've got diabetes we confirmed it i've told you about your diabetes now let's move on to and very well did he talk about the medication non-medication so medication what did he talk about he talked about metformin Mm -hmm. and that's the right place to start he talked about side effects talked about costs it's a pretty well done deal okay the rookie error so medication wise that's because that's what you spend most of your swap back time swatting isn't it the medication stuff, isn't it? What medications to do what, when do you use which medications? And then everybody, when it comes to the actual day, forgets to do the non-medication stuff, which is just as equally points on the board. And it's very easy to trip yourself up because the non-medication, there's actually a shit ton of them that you've got to talk about in arguably only eight minutes, which you'd never do in real life. Like this kind of guy, you'd never sit down and tell him he's got diabetes for the first time ever, and talk about all that in eight minutes or less. That's just rubbish. So, you've really got to just play the game here. So, you know the algorithm snap? Yep. yep. Smoking, nutrition, alcohol, physical... Activity. Activity. That's right. If you think about things in those terms, you literally can't go wrong. You literally can't miss anything. Okay? J's job between now and November... Is it November? Yeah. Is to go away and just confirm that he's read in his head and he's very sure that the physical <laughs> exercise guidelines are uh 30 minutes or more five days a week yeah exactly okay good and then alcohol is yeah we talked about alcohol and diet yeah it's pretty obvious yeah less sugar less fats saturated fats okay the other one i like to tack on to the end which nobody ever does but i can guarantee you it's a mark on the scoreboard is vaccinations yeah if you think about it, vaccinations is always a good idea. And if you actually go and read those RSCGP handbooks for all those different chronic conditions, this is actually in every one of them. Because in the very least, they would all benefit from the flu jab, wouldn't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what it is, IHD, heart failure, COPD, yeah. diabetes—they all. So and but nobody ever actually says it in the OSCE station. Okay. Yeah. 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 So SNAP V is what I actually think in my head now: vaccinations. And then the final point is allied health. Okay, which talked about right from the get-go with chronic disease plans but that's the one that sort of takes a bit of practice because it's a bit of a hard spiel saying it in a layman terms such that the patient understands it all in eight minutes okay and you kinda of arguably don't have time so I'll let you I think I've written down my favorite phrase in the handout but I'll let you rehearse what your favorite phrase is and basically it can be something as simple as saying to the patient basically an allied health chronic disease plan is where you and I get together, we figure out what your goals are and we write it down and then that acts as a subsidy application for you to see various health professionals to help out with your health, including the diabetician, the diabetes educator, the physiotherapist. If we do that, that will mean these allied health care appointments can keep you as healthy as possible, but will cost you either nothing or next to nothing. How good is that? And then you get all the ticks for rapport and, you know, talking about allied health. Okay. Is that five visits or 10 in a year? Five. Five. It's 10 for... Uh, yeah. Yes, correct. Okay, so I'll let you come up with... Even that spiel was too long-winded for an eight-minute station. So it can be something as simple as... Basically, we're going to write this down as a referral such that you can see all these allied health for free or next to nothing. And if you said that one sentence, that at least ticks a box for the OSCE. Extension of that, so let's talk about... Because the other aspect... This was a particular hard station that I set up because it wasn't a white guy. It was an <laughs> Aboriginal guy. So then... He's gotta remember all of that, but now he's also gotta remember all the Aboriginal health. Yeah. And that that's fine because I've kind of sprung that on him. So he'll go away between now and November and come up with his one sentence spills. And they are, you know, it's a pretty easy one. Who's where's your country? Who's your mob? That kind of thing right from the start. And then the other ones you can sort of wait till they blend into the conversation. So for example, the CTG, you can blend that into when you talk about medication management yeah. because, you know, the patient will be prompted probably to tell you, Oh, I don't know. Money is a bit tight, doc. Mm-hmm. At which point you say, well. Have you heard of CTG? And they'll be probably say, No, I haven't. Tell me more about it. And then you say, Well, that's this scheme by Medicare. Basically, because yeah. you're Aboriginal, if you sign this paperwork, you can get your medications like this metformin we want you to be on for free or almost free. Yeah. How good's I've that? I've never met anyone that has never heard of CCG. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's, again, it's theatre sports. Yeah. yeah. Similarly with the Aboriginal Health Check. So let's talk about that just briefly. So we're talking about our yeah seven one five. So. I'll let you come up with your spiel on what it is. My spiel to patients, what I used to do when I when I saw a few more here was basically tell the patient the Aboriginal Health Check is basically where we make a bit of a longer appointment so that I can ask you a bunch of questions about your health and do some simple things like your weight and your blood pressure. And this is just to make sure that year by year you stay as healthy as you can be. Is that all right with you? And for the exam purposes, it will be something as simple as that. You top that off with a second sentence because actually probably 95% of GPs in the state don't even know this. Your 715 also is similar to the 723 in that they can get subsidized allied health through it. On top of it. Correct. Did you know that? No. I didn't know that either until I went to this GPX workshop and okay. nobody in the room knew So if they have a chronic disease found, they can get their five visits. Correct, correct. So the Aboriginal health check, the criteria for getting subsidised visits for that is literally the Aboriginal and they had a valid Aboriginal health check. That's it. It doesn't need to be for a chronic condition, doesn't need two practitioners or more. Mm. That's it. And it can be on top of if they're also eligible for a 723, they can get two lots. So they can get five or six from the 715 and six from the 723. So a total of 11 or 12. Mm. Nice. Amazing. Okay. So I'll let you think about what your spiel will be to patients. You know, this is a health check, blah, blah, blah. And then on top of that, this will also act as a referral. So you can see whatever allied health you want, like a physio for free or almost free. Mm. Okay. And then there'll be all sorts of ticks on the boards when you say that, because most registrars that you're competing against, sorry, it's not a competition, but most (laughs) of the other candidates won't even know that because their supervisors don't even know that. And then if you do those few little things, you've won that simulated patient over. And then when the examiner turns around saying, what do you think of this candidate? He'll be the A plus, A plus plus plus. Not meaning that Aboriginal health is as simple as that. And if we all do that, then we'd solve all the (laughs) closing the gap problems, but it's a good start. And for exam purposes, it's a damn good start. Um, final thing is for every chronic disease to actually, pretty much for every station you get, offer follow up. Yep. it's supposed to be reflective of real life, and there will be a box that said tick follow up. You know, is safe because they didn't quite know what was going on, but they got follow up. Mm. Okay, so offer follow up doesn't matter. Just offer follow up. The extension to that is for chronic disease. Offer follow up, but then offer follow up with a family member to so say, "I've given you a lot to take in just then." Do you have anybody else that you want to bring into the next appointment to help you, you know, process it all? Okay. And then you'll get even more ticks in the report box. Okay. Doubly so with somebody who's an Aboriginal patient because you say, in fact, we've got a really good local Aboriginal health worker with the local service. Can I give them a ring and get them to come with you as well or help you to take your appointments? And then you tick that box as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. This is as easy as that. It sounds quite convoluted, but once you rehearse all this, you can nut it down in eight minutes for any station, no matter what it is. Okay? And that's pretty much the station. So let's be honest, there was a lot to get through in that station. It's actually not humanly possible in real life, but actually, if you rehearse it and play the damn game, you really can't go wrong. You've been listening to GP Life Hacks with Dr. David Lamb. Music by Nathan Huayi.